fairy tales, children's stories about magical and imaginary beings and lands, often the first lens we give young minds to view the world they live in. Many assume these are fictional stories to be taken lightly, but what if there is more to them? This is a podcast where we'll tell you some myths and tales that you thought you knew, and we'll show you how they are connected to real-life crimes today. This is Scary Tales, where the stories of your childhood meet real-life horror. We'll discuss how the light and happy tales of youth actually have a darker history to them. We'll also discuss true crime today and some of the eerie connections they have to the myths and legends of yesterday. Tune in for a new tale every other Tuesday. You can find us on Spotify, Apple, and anywhere you stream your podcast. Hello. Hi. What are you doing? Podcasting. With me? Every other week. Every other Tuesday. A scary tale? Yes, ma'am. All right. Well, we're back, and I feel like today we're doing, like we're going back to our roots. True, yeah. Mm-hmm. We, we we do some variations here, some true crime, some fairy tales, some folk tales, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. some just random things like rainbows and unicorns. Yep. What do you find in fairy tales and folk tales? Mm-hmm. So. But today, we're, we're going back to our roots. We're going to talk about Rapunzel, and... I'm getting kind of sad because she's one of the last princesses. I think we have Tiana left mm-hmm. and Mulan. If I'm or, or no, there's Merida from Brave. I was about to say we have some of the newer ones. Yeah, I feel like Rapunzel's the last of like the quote unquote classics. Classics, right? We've got some of the newer and even, ones. Even that was um, the Tangled movie. Disney's version came out in 2010. Was, new, was still newer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, are we gonna do the newest one? What's her name? Raya. We should. I haven't seen that yet, but we should I look into either, it. But that's mm-hmm. what I, I feel like we're we're gonna potentially start getting into either like the older like ones that maybe you're more obscure that you've never heard of or the newer ones that are yeah but today fresh. we're just doing your girl Rapunzel 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 should Rapunzel, I start us Rapunzel, out let down your long hair so I may climb the golden stair and creep up in your bed <laughs> I was about to say that uh, first and line's the only line I knew get you in we'll, the womb with children yeah we'll talk about that mm-hmm. in a minute all right but should i start with the disney yeah, summary start with D- disney because disney doesn't have that part in there i think everybody knows the classic rapunzel story is a prince climbs up her hair she's trapped in a tower they fall in love he rescues her is the basic story yes and then this is tangled so <clears throat> after receiving healing powers from a magical flower the baby princess rapunzel is kidnapped in the middle of the night by Mother Gothel. We could do a whole episode on Mother Gothel. I feel mm-hmm. like she's got some side backstories. Mm-hmm. Rapunzel her. Part 2. Yeah. Could. There we go. Check it out. Mother Gothel knows of the magic powers that are now growing in Rapunzel's hair, and she needs those powers to stay young, like a fountain of youth, if you will. So she locks Rapunzel away in this tower where she is hidden from the outside world. And her hair just continues to grow and grow, and it's obnoxiously long. So Rapunzel eventually grows up. She becomes a teenager and is very into teenager things, wants to see the world, wants to go outside, but she's locked in this tower. And then one day, um, Flynn Rider, his real name's Eugene Entangled, but they call him <laughs> Flynn Rider. He, um, is, he's not your common Disney hero because he starts out as like a thief, but he's good looking and he's witty and stuff, but he's running away um, from these people that are trying to capture him when he comes upon the tower and he uh, gets up to the tower. 
Rapunzel hits him over the head with her famous frying pan. Good for her. Mm-hmm. But they talk and they make a deal and he says that he will take her to see these floating lanterns every year because she's the missing princess. Her parents sit up these glowing lanterns. Everybody in the town does. And she can see them from the tower. She doesn't know what they are. But he says that he will take her to see the floating lanterns. And um, and so they go they go out on this grand adventure. And they eventually find the palace, and she learns that she is indeed the lost princess. However, Gothel shows back up. She captures Rapunzel, takes her back to the tower where Flynn eventually finds her, tied up. Mother got this is deep for Disney. I was she she stabs say, him. Yeah, I was just about to say that that feels pretty dark for yeah. Disney. Yeah, she just straight up stabs him fatally, and Rapunzel runs over to him. And in a selfless act, he cuts off her hair so that she doesn't have to be a slave to Gothel for the rest of her life. And Gothel immediately withers up and dies. And Rapunzel, her, uh, she starts crying. She cries over Flynn. These magical love tears heal him. They get married, and they live happily ever after. And now she has this weird brown bob haircut. Mm-hmm. That ending is, fa- is fairly dark for Disney. Mm-hmm. It's not the... There's not necessarily the the kiss that wakes her up from the, no. you know. I you like that. stabbed. Well, I like it starts with the frying pan, mm-hmm. which as it should, if someone creeps into your bedroom window. Mm-hmm. And then it ends with a stabbing. There you one, go. Yeah. So if that was kind of dark, you can only imagine You can only imagine where this is going to go next. Dark. Right? There's lots of inspiration for Rapunzel. There, there is. And I feel, I feel like a lot of the stories we talk about are probably like this. Like we could have gone on and on and on with a lot mm-hmm. of the stories we talk about where this person had this version and then this person rewrote it with this version. 90% of literature, I feel like is just mm-hmm. people retelling stories over and over and over like again. Every country has their own version of this Rapunzel story. Right. So we thought we would start you off with somebody that we have talked about here before a name that you recognize. And then we'll get into the other versions, including Lacey's favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, so Giambattista Basile, he was the Italian who wrote um, a collection of folk tales that we've talked about, the tales or the tale of the Pentamerone, mm-hmm. 1634. Um, so w- way back in the day. Also wrote Pinocchio. Hannah's also wrote favorite. Pinocchio. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pinocchio is one of my least favorites that we read. Hannah I was, so, loved I was it. so frustrated by him the whole time. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so. Basile, and he was an Italian soldier and a courtier. He wrote this novel of these stories, and he drew from the folktale around Naples. So, like we said earlier, all these different countries have their different versions of the folktales. Mm-hmm. And in this, he had the story, a tale of a girl in a tower mm-hmm. named mm-hmm. Petrocinella. That looks just like looks like Centronella uh, candle. Like a Centronella yep. candle. Not not quite Rapunzel. No, but close. In his version. You meet her mother, Pasca Dozia. Pasca Dozia. <laughs> There's this. <laughs> Pasadena. Pasca Dozia. Uh, so you've got her mother. So this uh-huh. is supposed to be the mother Gothel figure, I guess, who sells the child to an ogre, ogress to save her own life um, after stealing some of the ogress's, one of her herbs, like which is like a parsley or something mm-hmm. that you probably are growing in your garden. Lots of these stories have parsley in them. I don't understand why. Parsley is the least. Delic- like yeah delicious herb it's the one you take off they of everything. like it though but so sacrifices her child mm-hmm. to save herself from this ogre's wrath mm-hmm. 
what can I still call what can I nickname her Petra Sanella I'll just try it <laughs> uh, she grows into this seven-year-old girl when the ogress finally takes her away and locks her in the tower so there we have our tower there you go when she meets a prince mm-hmm. they try to escape together but the ogress comes after them and Petra Sanella saves the day by using magical acorns okay uh, which helps her summon these uh like aggressive animals that makes sense and they attack and kill the ogress there you go Uh, acorns acorns and vicious tiny animals that eat acorns Mm -hmm. get her out of that sticky situation there you go so i I don't dislike that version well the only animals you could really summon with an acorn are like that's what i'm picturing squirrels just a whole pack of squirrels take down this gnawing on your face because you stole her parsley Mm -hmm. wow checks out yeah Another version, um, this story later inspired by the French, we're going France now, so the mm-hmm. French author Charlotte Rose de Comont de La Force. I what a name. Listen, Your last name ends with La Force. La Force. And I'm sure I'm not, we're not, not even saying that right. I, one of my I'm not, good friends is a French like a teacher, question. so please, I apologize for the way I just butchered any we're of these not French words. Because there's lots of them, I'm not going to say any of them right. While living in an abbey, after scandals forced her to leave this French court, Mademoiselle de la Force, so this author, mm-hmm. wrote her her version, uh, La Conte de Contes. Mm-hmm. I tried my best. So, uh, so she had a little bit of a scandalous backstory that yeah. inspired her to right. put her own twist yeah. on the actual story. So here's what the scandal was. The daughter of a marquis, which in French terms is a nobleman, uh, she was the protege of one of Louis the Fourteenth's mistresses, whose name was Madame de Maintenon. Who this lady was apparently very like famous, and like they, they wrote but, about her in the Great Gatsby. But she and, was like a secret fame. Like uh-huh. she's a mistress, and they secretly like, get married. married. Yeah. So she's like well known, but also not yeah known. Well, she's known now, but she's known. She's known now. Mm-hmm. So. De La Force, again, so she's she's like, you know, one of her, she's close to this mistress. Mm-hmm. She used this kind of secret relationship to her advantage. So she became the maid of honor, mm-hmm. um, first to the queen and then later to the Dauphine of France as the maid of honor. So she's getting close to all the like royal people. Right. As the maid of honor, she was able to have multiple love affairs. Yeah, there's lots of men in court. Yep. And, you know, she's got some status by being mm-hmm. close to them. She had a marriage with a v- much younger man. Okay. Which surprised I feel like that's family. reversed. I, yeah. And I also didn't think age mattered as much to them back then, but uh-huh. I, th- I guess it was more so reversed. Anyway, his family did not like that. They managed to have this marriage annulled. Mm-hmm. Even though the marriage was, like, legal or approved by the king. Mm-hmm. And so, now she's just pissed. Yeah. In-laws. She did not have a good relationship with them. Mm-hmm. So then, between multiple love affairs and this, you know, heartbreak, I guess, of not being able to marry who she wanted to marry, she wrote a, she wrote, quote, violent and sexy historical romances. Mm-hmm. That's what you like to hear. Mm-hmm. She published, and these were apparently pretty well, well known, mm-hmm. um, these fairy tales, poems. They were often described as impious. They were too so scandalous. they were a little racy. Yeah, mm-hmm. they were a little racy. Uh, they were too scandalous and racy for Louis the Fourteenth, who ignored her relationship 
with his mistress. So even though she was friends with his Mm -hmm. mistress slash secret wife, lover, Mm -hmm. even though they were friends, he still did not like this and decided to send her to a convent. That's what you did with women back then. Or beheaded them. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like being locked in a tower. Honestly true honestly it's kind of she kind of got the better end of this deal because she wasn't beheaded she was sent to the convent where she kept writing Mm -hmm. so he did not get what he wanted with this and parcelinet was one of the first stories that she wrote down behind these um, convent walls and now we have her her version and this is her version yeah so her version gets i guess a little more racy than the acorns Mm -hmm. and the parsley Mm mm-hmm her story came out of a time when, like, the French salons were really popular, and were they were all fascinated with fairy tales. Because what else were you going to do back then? All right, you just you're in a you're in high society mm-hmm. and you tell stories. So this collection kind of had her own version of uh, Petrosinella, which was the Italian version. Mm-hmm. Her version is now named Personette. Again, mm-hmm. nowhere close to Rapunzel. So it opens with a pregnant woman who is craving parsley. So I guess that she just kept that one little detail. Mm. So her husband goes and gathers it from a fairy's garden. So we've changed from an ogre to a fairy. The fairy then demands that the unborn child is exchanged for the parsley. Mm-hmm. And the parents are like, yeah, we'll do that. It's a hard bargain. Fair trade. Sure. Would you also like some acorns with that? Yes. The The fairy um, hides Personette. So this is the, the baby's born, and mm-hmm. the name is Personette. Um, she hides Personette in a silver tower to protect her. Which, so we've got our tower, and gives her all the things that she could dream of. Yeah, she gave her, like... Minus um, freedom. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of like Entangled. She gave her a bunch of paintbrushes, and... Yeah. She was living the, the life room, other than... The room than, is nice, yeah, yeah. Other than being a, being a prisoner. Yeah. However, she this she's not happy with this. Mm-hmm. I imagine no, not a lot of people would be. It might be nice for a time, and yeah. then you're going to get bored. A lot of people think that this could be a comparison of how women were locked away in the convents. Like we said, she mm-hmm. got locked away, so she's probably comparing her time there of like, yes, you still had your life, but what was worth living it for? Personette eventually angers the fairy by falling in love with the prince, and all the chaos ensues. But by the end, the fairy uh, eventually relents against Personette and comes to her aid and helps her. Mm-hmm. So happy ending still. Yeah. A little bit of a journey to get there. So arranged marriage, no. True love, yes. Yeah, because arranged marriages were, I guess, fairly normal back then. Mm-hmm. And I, she just had the example of her friend trying to marry, you know, having to marry the king in secret. Mm-hmm. So true love even... When well, she also it. had the man she didn't get to marry. Right. So she's had multiple examples of true love in her life not checking out and not being able to to follow through. Right. So honestly, those two versions are still less dark than the mm-hmm. than than Flynn getting stabbed. There you go. But we'll get to some. We'll get we'll get to some darker on. stuff later. Lacey, do you want to tell us about the white cat? I sure do. My favorite version, because we said there's a lots. <clears throat> My favorite version is called the white cat. And not, um, not surprised by the title alone. Oh, and it was written by, and I looked up how to pronounce this lady's name. And I think because our ears don't hear those vowels and consonants mixed together, we right. just can't. But um, it was written by Madame. <laughs> it was yeah, like please de Halloshno. That It didn't even make. It does make sense to my ears. But uh, this lady apparently coined the term fairy tales, and she <gasps> was a complete bad day. 
Her mom made her get married at 13. And then she like secretly killed her husband later. And uh, was also like could could have been a spy and was just killing the game. Bought her own house, wrote her own stories. Can't say her name, but love love the girl. Love that. Love that. Um, Well, she wrote The White Cat, and I'm going to tell you about it. I'll try and tell it quickly. So there's a king and a queen. The queen loved exploring, and one day she found a beautiful castle with a bunch of beautiful fruit in it. So not parsley, but fruit. Enter the fairy. The fairy that is at this castle says that if the queen wishes to eat the fruit, then she must give the fairy her unborn child. And the queen is like, yeah, I'm hungry. This is an easy deal for all these people back then. Right. Um, sure, you can have my baby. But the time comes for the fairy to collect the child, and the queen and king are like, oh, like, we thought you were joking. No, you, you can't have her. So the fairy sends a dragon to eat everyone and then steals the baby and locks her up in a tower. So the baby grows up to be a beautiful maiden who falls in love with a prince. Not surprising. And this is really the only thing that the tower and then her letting down her hair and all the blah, 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 Rapunzel stuff is the only part of that relates to Rapunzel. Because now we just go on this journey that reminds me of Alice in Wonderland because it's nonsense. So oh, great. The fairy doesn't like that she has met this prince. So she sends the dragon and the prince gets eaten. And for the princess's punishment, the fairy turns her into a white cat. And the only way she can turn back into her human form is if she falls in love with a prince who looks exactly like the previous prince who was eaten by the dragon. Why? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So meanwhile, in a separate kingdom, there is an aging king, and he's terrified that his three brave, uh, young, and handsome sons are about to overthrow him and take his kingdom, which lines up for how politics worked in that time. But mm-hmm. So he decides to send his three sons on three different journeys, and whoever, like, um, does, you know, completes the task the best is going to get to be the king. So the first request is to find the cutest and tiniest dog. <laughs> You would love that quest. Me. Did I write this story? <laughs> you might be Madame Deloitte. You might. Past life. So they all go out and they're looking for these dogs. And <laughs> not just a dog, the cutest and tiniest dog. And so while the prince is hunting for the dog, he stumbles upon a beautiful palace. Um, and naturally, he enters the castle where there, it is staffed by a bunch of singing cats. <laughs> And just disembodied hands. He's like, mm-hmm. okay, sorry. I He's like, dang it, cats, <laughs> not dogs. Give me a singing dog. Well, uh, we'll get to that. Um, but there's well, this one uh, particular beautiful white cat. And the white cat makes him forget the reason behind his trip. And they end up spending just a wonderful year together, him and this cat. And uh, at the end of this year, the white cat gives the prince this oh, acorn. An acorn in this one. <laughs> She says, take this back to the king. And he's like, okay. And when the king opens it up, inside the acorn is this tiny puppy dog. <laughs> and the, I love it. The king's like, okay, now I want the finest cloth in all the land. So he returns to the cat. I think this time the cat gives him a walnut. And when he returns to the king, he opens it up. And there's like the tiniest, finest little thread. I don't understand why everything has to be tiny. But okay. so You he, love tiny things. I do. So he wins that task. And the last quest was for the prince to bring back a beautiful maiden. And the one who brought back the most beautiful maiden wins. So he goes back to the cat. <laughs> Why not? I mean, she's two for two Uh-oh. so far. The cat tells him, just cut off my head, which he does. 
And um, the cat turns back into the beautiful princess. And they get married, and they take over the kingdom, and everyone lives happily ever after, except for the people that got eaten by the dragon. <laughs> All right, that's the best one so far, for sure. Yep. Just cut off my head. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. That was the best one. That is the best one. Mm-hmm. Now I just want a white cat. Yep. Yeah, that's the only color cat you don't have. I just, like, that's my girl. Like, she got yeah. inside my brain and wrote that story. And honestly, I, I like that better than Alice in Wonderland. No, don't. Do not. Not in this house. I, I might. No. Let's. I might. Tell me the Grimm story. All right. So we'll go back to someone you know. <laughs> that lady you probably don't know, but you probably want to hear more from her. You probably um, do. So Grimm is kind of somebody we've talked about a lot on here. So finally, in 1812, the Brothers Grimm put together the collection that we now are more familiar with mm-hmm. that includes Rapunzel. So this version goes back to the darker Petrosinella story with Rapunzel trapped in the lonely tower by a cruel woman. But instead of an ogress, it's this evil controlling witch, Dame Gothel. Yeah, she's Dame Gothel. Right. I like that a little better than yeah, Mother she Gothel. Sounds, yeah, well, it just makes her sound more like authoritarian than mm-hmm. like Mother Gothel. Like, mm-hmm. are you a mom? No. You're kind of nurturing, not really. Yeah. So they published another version that had a... Light change in 1857. We talked about the two different versions of theirs. They clean things up. They do. And then Disney just cleans it up even more. Mm -hmm. So in the grim version, a man and his pregnant wife live next to an evil witch. The wife sees some Rapunzel. Because I didn't know this. Rapunzel is a flower. Yes. I didn't know that either. The most common name is Rampion. Rampion. Yeah, which I I did not know this before Mm -hmm. this tale. So now you know. Mm Mm-hmm. And it was growing in the witch's garden, and the pregnant woman begins to crave it. So she tells the husband that if she doesn't have any of it, she thinks she's going to die. Full disclosure, I relate to that. Currently pregnant, lots of cravings. All right, you just announced it. Surprise. Surprise. What a perfect episode to do this that. That was a good one. Uh, yeah. I'm going to get you some parsley and some Rapunzel and some acorns. They, and some acorns, please. Only if they have tiny mm-hmm. dogs inside. So she is craving this. Uh, this flower, this plant, and she tells her husband she needs it or else she's going to die. That's me with Coke Ices. Mm-hmm. Her husband climbs over the fence into the witch's yard. He steals some of this Rapunzel for her, but he's caught by the witch. No surprise. His punishment was to give the witch his daughter, and the witch names her Rapunzel. Mm-hmm. Again, that makes more sense than like a a bargain. Mm-hmm. Like she, he's for that's his punishment, not a bargain. All these people who are just trading babies for parsley. Mm-hmm. The witch then locks Rapunzel away in the tower. There's no stairs, so no way to get in, no way to get out. And one day, a prince is walking by the tower when he hears Rapunzel singing. Of course. They meet. He tells her to let down her hair so he can climb up inside. (laughs) Hashtag climb up inside. Yeah. He starts coming over every night, and they quote unquote lived in joy and pleasure for a long time. So he was just going every night to get some, and that's it. Yeah, I mean... Yeah. Again, what else are you going to do in that time? Right. What And what else can she do? I mean, mm-hmm. she can't leave. Right. The witch did not know that this was happening until one day Rapunzel pointed out that her clothes no longer fit. And you know why her clothes didn't fit anymore. Because mm-hmm. she, she was, was pregnant. pregnant. This makes the witch angry, so she cuts Rapunzel's hair off uh, and sends her into the wilderness alone. There all alone, she gives birth to not one, but two children, a boy that and a girl. Sounds like my worst nightmare. Yep, just all by herself in mm-hmm. the woods. When the prince returns to the tower, he finds that Rapunzel's no longer there, and he flings himself from the tower 
but he doesn't die. Mm-hmm. Instead, he lands face first into a pile of thorns where he blinds himself. Mm-hmm. So better than death. Yes. But then he wanders aimlessly until he eventually finds Rapunzel in the wilderness and her tears heal his eyes. She cries over mm-hmm. him. Her tears tears heal his eyes and they live happily ever after with their twins. Just like the movie. Just that. Well, the well, tears. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. There you go. Lots of pregnant women. Yeah, lots An of... An ab day for you to... Lots of pregnant women, lots of mm-hmm. parsley. Mm-hmm. I'm going to text yeah. David right now and tell him to get you some parsley. No, thank you. I'm good. Mm-hmm. Tell him to get me a Coke Icy. So those are some of the like fairy tales that inspired it, but there's yes. a real person that... Ins- most of the time, there's a real person that inspires these things. Uh-huh. So so the original true story with the real, real life people behind this um, is probably the darkest of them all. And it's true. And it's true, which makes mm-hmm. it even darker. So instead of a evil witch locking a pretty girl in a tower, this captor was a girl's own father. And he was so controlling over his daughter's life that it eventually led to her death. Mm. So uh, this is the story of St. Barbara. Never heard of her until now. Right. Most people, and this is how all stories are. Most people haven't. You don't know about the real stuff behind it. Mm -hmm. This is all the way back in the year 1275 CE. Tell me what girl was named Barbara in 1275 CE. <laughs> like, it might as well be Roseanne, like St. Roseanne. You know what I mean? Sarah. Uh-huh. I don't know. 1275, a man named Jacobus de Voragine recorded a story of a young woman named Barbara who lived in Italy. Doesn't sound Italian. Mm-hmm. She was a beautiful girl, and her father, who also has a bizarre name, Dioscorus. <laughs> I just read that as Dicosaurus. But <laughs> that is probably a good nickname for him. He was a rich and powerful merchant. Okay. Um, just like today, one, your reputation had a lot to do with your success in business. So her father wanted to stick to the status quo. He wanted to continue practicing the traditional pagan religion of Rome. He wanted to look good. He didn't want to ruffle anyone's feathers. No. Because mm-hmm. that would hurt his success. Right. So he knew that his daughter was very beautiful. Men were already lining up to meet her. And many of them happened to be princes. So he made the rule, her father made the rule that the men were not allowed to meet her unless they went through this kind of interview process with him first, which I've heard of that before. Right. It doesn't sound horrible yet. Yeah. This, however, made Barbara angry. She had an argument with her father saying that she had free will, that she wanted to be able to choose who she was going to marry. Mm-hmm. When he tried to give her options of men that he thought were good suitors, she would turn them all down and refuse to cooperate. Probably just because Barbara. Yeah. It it didn't matter who he liked. Mm -hmm. She was going to turn him down. Since his daughter was being rebellious um, and he had to leave her alone while he was traveling for work, because, again, he's a fancy Mm -hmm. businessman, uh, he decided to throw money towards the problem, as a lot of people do. Yep. He believed the solution was to hide Barbara away in a tower. There we go. There you go. Where she was not allowed to leave. Um, That way she couldn't even, like, she didn't even have the option of disobeying him. Mm Mm-hmm. Or, or the option of potentially falling in love with someone while he was away. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, since Barbara's father was busy traveling and working, he hired people from the town to build this tower, to give her food, to give her supplies. They would lower a basket down the side of the tower, mm-hmm. put the food inside, and then raise it back up. So, not her hair, but a basket. Right. Because whose hair grows that long? Mm-hmm. No one's. One day, someone left her a book that explained what Christianity was. Love that. 
put a little book in there. How to Christianity for Christianity 101. At the time, Christianity was the religion, was more considered like a religious cult that the Romans were trying to prevent from taking over because they were more the Catholic side of things. So considering how little love and affection her father was showing her and just the fact that she was alone, isolated in the tower, mm-hmm. it shouldn't be surprising that she liked the message that she read about in Christianity, like with God. Mm-hmm. It's a story of a loving father, right. which she did not have. When the man came to do renovations on the tower, he felt pity. Um, the men who would come and work felt pity on her. And um, they would let her climb down to speak to them. Mm-hmm. Just this only people she ever gets to talk to. While they were working on the tower, Barbara asked them to make her three windows instead of two. And she thought saw them as representing the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But they tried to say no because they knew that obviously her father would be angry. Mm-hmm. But Barbara was so beautiful, she was able to convince them to do it anyway. And while she was walking on the ground, she began to like could just continually go against her father's pagan beliefs. She destroyed his idols because the Bible said that they were a sin. That's not going to be good for Barbara. No, because he's going to come back and be angry. Mm-hmm. One day she even convinced, well, she, he's also going to be angry that she was able to convince all these workers to do stuff for her. Mm-hmm. She even convinced the worker to send a priest who he came to her pretending to be a doctor to treat an illness because mm-hmm. she knew that, her father wasn't going to let a priest come. Right. He baptized her. She officially became a Christian. So similar to today, you know, this teenager wanting to become a Christian would make her seem like she was like this goody two shoes. But, but not back then. Not back. Yeah. Back then that was the rebellious thing. Mm-hmm. She would, she knew, and she knew what she was doing. She knew she was making her father angry. She knew that she was, you know, breaking the traditional religious law, but and maybe she was doing it just to make her father angry. Mm-hmm. That's a high probability. Her father does eventually return home. And he expected that his plan would have worked. Right. Um, I mean, you put her up in a tower. Right. How is she going to ever meet anybody? Mm-hmm. But when he comes back, he sees that she has climbed out of the tower. She's destroyed all of his stuff. She's started practicing this illegal religion. Mm-hmm. He, so he's furious. At the time, practicing Christianity was actually a crime. So it was punishable by torture and death, which Mm -hmm. is super sad. But considering that someone, like, gave her these books and did all these things for her, the the workers knew, like, they they knew what was going on. They knew why she wanted the three windows. Mm -hmm. They knew about this baptism that eventually became public knowledge. So So everyone knew. Yeah, so at this point, everybody knows and... It, it can come, it can fall on her father at, as harboring like a fugitive. Not good, Barbara. Not good, Barbara. <laughs> so even though she was his daughter, mm-hmm. he decides to hand her, her father hands her to authorities. Dick Riz. I, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I forgot he changed his name. What, whether this was him being angry and heartless and cruel because she broke his rules or whether he was genuinely trying to follow the law and like really thought he was harboring a fugitive the stickler for the rules we'll never know but this the the saying or the story goes that he grabbed her by her long hair dragged her to the roman courts and then when the judge asked her about her crimes she shouted that she only answered the lord jesus christ but i mean so 
it was clear that she was yeah. guilty of being she wasn't Christian. Trying to she, hide she, it. she wasn't trying to hide it. Uh-huh. It wasn't like at the last minute she recanted and was like, I was just trying to make my dad mad. Mm-hmm. Um, and they it, tortured her. Yeah. It didn't matter at that point. It was out of her father's hands. It didn't matter what he was trying to do. That was it. So she was tortured. They cut her skin with knives. They threw salt in her wounds. They Ooh. burned her. Um, when she was near death, this part blows my mind. Mm-hmm. It was her father that chopped off his daughter's head with a sword. Well, maybe she was trying to just kill. Maybe, you know. yeah. Maybe she's being tortured. Her, just go ahead and chop misery. Off. Right. I don't know. Or maybe that was the the law. Maybe that was mm-hmm. his punishment for quote unquote harboring a fugitive. Mm-hmm. Also, the how the cat's head got caught up, cut off with a sword. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. There you go. No, no beautiful woman came out of nope. this beheaded creature. Uh, after her death, she became this martyr in the Eastern Orthodox Church. She was canonized as a saint. Mm-hmm. E- even if someone died defending their religion, apparently there was a rule that no one can become a saint unless they performed a miracle. Mm-hmm. I don't know the, the rules on all that. But in the magical Christian version of the story, which, side note, I didn't really know magic, magical, magical Christian versions. Well, it sounds magical because she flew around. Yeah. <laughs> but I just had never heard of that until this. But yeah, she flew when her father was chasing her around with a sword. I, I don't know if she could, could fly. Why well, did she, she just fly? I don't out. know why you didn't fly out the window of your tower in the mm-hmm. first place. And, and when she was hiding, a shepherd in his field told her father where he could find her. And apparently... He was turned to stone immediately for being a jerk. The shepherd turned to stone. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. makes me think of our Medusa episode. Yep. Uh, also, in this version, when they were torturing her, apparently Barbara covered in a, like... She was, covered herself in like she, a... Yeah, she, in a fog, like a haze where almost. Where she couldn't feel pain. Yeah. While, so they tortured her, and mm-hmm. she was just like... She was fine. But, and then last but not least, in this magical version, um, there's a claim that lightning struck and killed her father immediately after he killed his daughter so all those are all the miracles that qualify her as and those a are, yeah those are the quote she unquote, just flying around is it magic or is it a miracle is it barbara is it is Dicarous? it barbara is it dickerous is it saint barbara mm-hmm. is but it the she so I'm, I'm sure there's parts of that story that are accurate like barbara was a real person oh yeah uh yeah but uh that that's <laughs> the twisting turning tale of rapunzel which, yeah. I bet she didn't know it went that deep. Or that dark. And uh, and it gets darker. Because it, this this last story is the one that Lacey used to inspire. The our, true crime that's true really crime. rough. She didn't find a white cat true crime. She went the St. Barbara route. Yes, I route did. of true crime. But I think we should take a short break. Get a sip of sweet tea. And, um, and prepare parsley. ourselves and, and some parsley. I'm going to get Hannah some parsley. Par- <laughs> parsley. <laughs> and we'll be back. Hello there. It's snack break time. Oh, good job Thank on the you. jingle. That's all, that's all I got. Oh, today's so exciting because our snack break is brought to you by Bluff Park Baked Goods. We brought you a local guy today. Or gal. We did. A guy. A local gal. <laughs> this just so happens to be my best friend. And uh, she she makes butt cakes that are delicious and yeah. nutritious. And the word I would use to describe them is moist. 
I wish I there was a better. Uh, I, yeah, yeah. Not, not the greatest word, but it's, it's that's what you want in a bunt cake. It is what you want in a bunt cake. Um, she has flavors such as chocolate chip, vanilla, red velvet, lemon, banana, carrot cake. She has all types of toppings, so you can pick out your cake flavor, your toppings. Um, you can do a whole cake, or you can do minis. The minis, yeah, the minis, the minis are, are super cute. cute. The minis are also very popular for like parties. Yes, and my sister-in-law just used them for the wedding. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, I don't know. I mean, you could talk to her about shipping, but if you live in Alabama, get her to make you a cake because they're freaking delicious. And she just love and care into every morsel. Yeah, whether it's a birthday, whether you've got like a shower, a wedding. Again, the the small ones are great for like parties. Mm -hmm. If you've got like multiple people, the big ones are good for a birthday or something like that. So. And I'm lucky because she brings me all the extra. Yeah. Yeah. She just, you know, she sponsors not just this episode. She sponsors our... Our lives. Our yeah. lives. Our, our cake desiring She lives. sure does. You can check her out at Bluff Park Baked Goods on Instagram and tell her we sent you. And we love you, Aspen. Thanks, Aspen. Thanks for being a pal. Thanks for making good cake. You know what just popped? <laughs> I have had Destiny's Child stuck in my head all week. Destiny's Child. Yeah, the, I love that. Um, the Bills, Bills, Bills song. <laughs> just all day. Can you pay That's my random. bills? Can you pay my telephone bills? Can you pay my automobiles? Can you pay my automobile bills? That's if you want to know what goes on my on in my head. That's and that thought right just there. came to me. There it is. All right. The true crime today is one of the roughest ones we've covered. It reminds me, it's on the same level as the girl in the box. And I hate it, Mm -hmm. but it's very appropriate. And it is about a father who locks away his daughter. Just like Barbara and Dickerous. And this Joseph Fritzl guy is definitely a Dickerous. Yep. Minus the Rickerous. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) And he, uh, so yeah, we're going to talk about it. He doesn't lock her away in a tower. He locks her away in a dungeon. And yeah. And that's That's not good. That's what we're going to get into. If you're sensitive to topics about, you know what? If you're sensitive to anything, just don't listen to the true crime version. That's probably accurate. You can just stop after our snack break because here it goes. Because here we go. But we did forewarn you. Yes. So. The story is about the kidnapping of Elizabeth Fritzl. Now, her father, Joseph, and you pronounce his name Yosef over there, but we're not doing that here. His name's Joseph. Um, He was born in Austria on April 9th, 1935. He he had a horrible childhood, and I feel sorry for him as a child. Later on, though, he's a monster. Also, he is the perfect, and I didn't put a picture of him for you to look at. He looks like um, Mr. Feeney mixed with, like, the Grinch. And I need you to picture that. Just like a a melding of that. But but Mr. Feeney and the Grinch have redeeming qualities, and this guy doesn't. Correct. Okay. So his father abandoned the family when uh, Joseph was young, and he was mostly raised by his mother, who was just a witch. She beat him all of the time. And at one point... His mother was arrested and placed in a concentration camp, because this is back during that time, and Joseph had to be placed in an orphanage. 
So his mother survives a concentration camp. She eventually gets out and gets him back. Why she wanted him back when she was a terrible mother and all she did was beat him, I have no idea. Like I said, this was during World War II and his mother was said to have had, you know, they would have these bombing raids mm -hmm. and his mother would leave him at home while she ran to one of the shelters. Also, why did they give him back to her? No idea because, you know, DHR was not a thing back there, I guess. Yeah, probably not, not 1935. He was quoted as saying, I grew up in a poor family. My father was a no-good scoundrel who always cheated. My mother threw him out of the house when I was four. She was the best woman in the world, and I was her husband in some way. I was the only man in the house. I loved her over everything. Ew. And there's just a lot, to, a lot to unpack yeah. there. Mm -hmm. Strange, creepy. There, there, There is a respectable level of sons who grow up with a single mother who do try to fill in the role of the man of the mm -hmm, household. Mm -hmm. This takes it Next too level. far. Yeah. We don't get it. Yeah. At the age of 21, he married a woman named Rosemary, who was four years younger than him. And, you know, maybe you were thinking at this point in the story, he grew up to be a respectable, good, loving husband. Lacey, not, Lacey wouldn't have found that kind of story for you. Not Yosef, because Yosef, soon after they were married, he raped a young mother at knife point. He actually, like, followed her home, got her in the house, and raped her in front of her son. So Ooh. he got sentenced to 18 months for this, only 18 months, and he only spent a year in prison. And some Austrian rule, I don't know how this works, your record can get erased after 15 years. Ooh. So blank slate. That's a bad rule. During this time, Rosemary stayed faithful to old Yosef, and she would visit him in prison. So I, that just, that to me sounds like Rosemary is being abused. and Probably. is yeah. is scared to leave. Mm -hmm. Joseph was known for other crimes at this time, too. He had, um, he got in trouble for indecent exposure, and he was also to, alleged to have raped one of his sisters. Oh. Mm-hmm. We'll find out. Joseph loves incest. Eventually, Joseph and Rosemary had seven children, four girls, and three boys, and Elizabeth Fritzl was the fourth child, born on April 8th, 1966. And he was born on April 9th, wasn't he? Wow. Wow. The webs we weave. At this point, Joseph was extremely abusive to everyone in the house. It was said that he broke one of his son's noses, and he also broke his wife's foot while she was pregnant. And the children were so bruised that they often had to skip school. Like, go. I know. I know. That's Just bad. middle finger to you, Joseph. Kick, kick rocks, Joseph. Despite all of the things going on behind closed doors, Joseph was considered a well-respected member of society. His neighbors and everyone loved him. They described him as hardworking, polite, and even affectionate. See, I mean, he's he's smart enough to hide things. I mm -hmm. mean, it's two totally different lives outside of your home versus inside. Right. Although that is a lot of people to abuse to that for yeah. that not to be public knowledge. Yeah. The way, like, abuse can be hidden is terrifying. Yeah, it is scary. Joseph was intelligent. He became an engineer, and he also invested in real estate. So I think the whole intelligent thing kind of feeds into the fact that he was able to hide this mm -hmm. from everyone for so long. Like, good manipulator. So he invested in real estate. He bought this hotel-type thing that he um, moved his family into, and then he also rented out the extra rooms to tenants to make money. And in 1978, he wanted to expand the family home. He had plans to add a roof terrace, that sounds lovely, a new extension with nine flats for his tenants, but he also had plans to add a very large cellar in the basement. See, and this is where that problem of that rule where you erase, your, your record mm -hmm. gets erased after 15 years. If you're a sex offender, you can't 
you can't live in an apartment like this, mm-hmm. let alone own one and mm-hmm. rent stuff out to people. Well, that's what Joseph did. So I'm glad that rules. He would changed. spend all of his time down in the cellar, and it was a known rule: you do not come down in the cellar. No one, not his wife. You would just, you know, completely, he would completely he, off limits. Yeah, he would bust everyone. you up. You had to go through eight doors to even get to the cellar. Like Rosemary, what you thinking? What you thinking? He's doing down there. It was also around this time when Elizabeth was about 11 years old that Joseph started paying extra attention to her. Too much attention to her would be the correct way to phrase that. And he began creeping into her bedroom every night and molesting her. And he would also take her everywhere with him just so he could have eyes on her at all time. He was obsessed with Elizabeth. Her friends and other family members noticed that Elizabeth was becoming more withdrawn, and her aunt said that whenever she was over, she would just sit and stare out the window, just despondent, and depressed. That's always, withdrawal is always a sign mm-hmm. of abuse. As she became a teenager, this kind of flipped, and she started to rebel, and she was running away constantly. Her last attempt at this was in 1983, and she was gone for three weeks. The police brought her back to her father, and he told her that he would never let her escape again. And he he held that promise. Ew. So Elizabeth is now 18, and on August 18th, 1984, Joseph asked Elizabeth to help him install a door in the cellar. Nope. Yep. Nope. Once she was down there, he put a chloroform rag over her face and covered her mouth until she passed out. And Elizabeth wakes up in this dank, dark cellar. She was handcuffed. She was on a bed, and she was handcuffed to two metal posts behind the bed, and she couldn't move. She stayed in this spot for a very long time, and he would bring her food, and he gave her just enough slack on, on the handcuffs that she could move her arms to eat, but that was it. She was locked to this bed for a long time. After Elizabeth's disappearance, Rosemary did file a missing person report, but almost a month later, Fritzel handed over a letter to the police that he made Elizabeth write, saying that she was tired of living with her family and was staying with a friend, and she warned her parents not to look for her or she would leave the country, and Joseph also told the police that she had most likely joined a religious cult. So... Rosemary at this point is not looking for her. I I feel like you would have mother's instinct and say something well, about this doesn't okay, seem but right. Even, but even if she did, we know that he abused her too. So mm-hmm. she probably did know. And the fact that she wrote a letter to the police at all was the most she could do before he was like, "You're you need to stop," because mm-hmm. he probably would have abused her. No, no, no. She didn't write a letter to the police. Fritzel oh, had, but had Elizabeth yeah, write a letter, right? But was didn't the mom? File the missing persons report. Yeah, so that that alone that alone surprises me that Mm -hmm. she like contacted the police. Mm -hmm. That I'm sure, if she did anything else, he probably would have like hurt her again. Mm -hmm. So down in the cellar, days turned to months, and months turned to years, and Elizabeth would eventually be held captive in this cellar. Are you ready for it? For 24 years. I think that's the longest I've ever heard of like a, a captivity. Yes. Joseph would visit the cellar multiple times a day to bring Elizabeth food or rape her. That was really the only activities. Ew. Yeah, so he moved on from molestation to raping her. In the winter, the cellar was dark, freezing cold, and infested with rats. And I read where Elizabeth had to catch... He didn't... Freaking Joseph, he's not going to give her a rat trap. She had to catch these rats and kill them with her 
bare hands, which Elizabeth, and you'll come to find out, is a boss. Oh, gosh. Water would run down the walls, and Elizabeth would have to soak it up with towels. Just imagine how it smelled down there. Yeah, I can't. Um, the summer, summers, uh, you summers pick your poison. Worse. Yeah. The, it just turned into a sauna. Mm-mm. Just extremely hot. Mm-hmm. I would have picked cold and rats. I can't imagine just being cooked from the inside. Yeah, ne- neither sound good. After five years of captivity and at 23 years old, Elizabeth becomes pregnant with her father's child. And that is something I can uh, I could sit for a million years and try to imagine and could never do it. No. Yeah. Because, you're, like, your father's supposed to be the one person who protects you, and yeah. he doesn't even deserve to be called a father. Right. So, and this is only five years. You said she was captive for 24. This is mm-hmm, only year five. Mm-hmm. She tells Joseph that she needs to go to the doctor because that's what uh, pregnant yeah. women do. And, of course, he says absolutely not, and he brings her a pair of scissors <laughs> and some towels and says, just figure it out. Ew, I have it's Ex- 95 degrees in Alabama, and I have chill bumps on my arms Excuse me, sir. People go to school for to deliver babies oh, to know how to do that for years. You can't just do that with a pair of scissors and a towel? No. Arts and crafts? You know, back in the day, they just went with they it. just figured it out. Yeah, and lots of those people died. So Not surprising. So there's that. And that was if you were in a, what you thought was a sanitary mm-hmm. position, not not in a heat rats. sauna or rats yeah. or water trickling down the walls mm-hmm. type of room. She eventually delivered her first baby down in the cellar all by herself. Kuda, good for her. I mean, Elizabeth is a woman. You are a woman, mm-hmm. Elizabeth. Um, the next 10 years, she had three more kids by him. That's not all she'll have, but in the next and 10 sure years, she, she had three more. I'm sure she delivered them all. Mm-hmm. But, she uh, did. A pair of scissors and a towel. Joseph now had this new way to manipulate Elizabeth because he would use her children against her and say, anytime that you get out of line, he would punish her by beating the children. So with four children at this point, Elizabeth begged Joseph to expand the cellar. And the cellar was eventually expanded from 380 square feet to 590 square feet. Um, But he made Elizabeth and the children work to dig out the soil with their bare hands. So these kids didn't go out of the cellar? They were just always down there? Because I I imagine that would have drawn attention to him if they're like, where did these kids come from? Elizabeth and these children did not see the light of day for 24 years. Or however long the children were. Yikes. Despite all of this abuse, Elizabeth was an amazing mother. She did what she could to teach them how to read and write, and she even took the time to teach them the importance of manners and being good, kind people. That makes me want to cry. Mm-hmm. And she would try to describe the outside world as best as she could, because like I said, they... Well, she probably doesn't remember a whole lot of it. Yeah. Um, I think the oldest one was like 19 before she ever saw the outside, so... The tenants on the bottom floor, because remember, there's other people besides family members living in this hotel thing. They said they started reporting hearing noises from the cellar, and Joseph would just play this off as faulty plumbing, you know, old rickety house, that kind of thing. He's probably like, it's just the rats. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) There was one tenant who said that his dog would just stare at the floor and growl. Because dogs know. They do. Can't hide anything from them. Unless you're Eleanor and you don't have a brain in your head, but you're cute and you have three legs. In 1993, Elizabeth had a fourth baby named Lisa, and Joseph thought that it was getting too crowded down in the cellar, so he brought the baby up to the Fritzel's home for his wife to raise, and he did this by just leaving the baby in a box with a note on it and left it on the doorstep for his wife to find. 
Because I imagine he didn't want her to know the true story. Mm -hmm. She probably had no idea what was going on. Nope. She becomes pregnant yet again in 1996, this time with a set of twins. Oh, my goodness. Mm -hmm. One of the twins, Michael, was born with a respiratory infection, which just, yeah, the air down there, the air quality is not great. I'm surprised it was this Mm -hmm. this number of child before that happened. Elizabeth begged her father to take the baby to the hospital. hospital. He obviously said no, and the baby dies. Um, because he's a monster, Joseph takes the body and just burns it in the furnace, and then he spreads the ashes out in the garden. Yikes. Yep. She eventually has two more children, Alexander and Monica, who also are taken to live upstairs. Just, Rosemary, what are you doing? These babies just keep popping up in a basket. You're, you're not Moses, okay? Maybe but, she did sub like maybe she did subconsciously have a that mother's intuition you were talking about, and maybe secretly she, you know, or deep down she knew what was likely a scenario but you're just like blocking it out she was blocking it out and saying you know what this is just my role Mm -hmm. i'm I'm gonna take care of these kids because i know that there are probably some incestuous assault like you're being nice to rosemary i think rosemary can take a hike for being an adult i mean yeah and or that so at this time you have three children living down in the cellar and three living upstairs and the whole community, I just ugh, makes me mad. They were praising Joseph and Rosemary for taking in these orphan children, not knowing that they're children of incest and the horror and that is going down on yeah. Yeah, the basement. Joseph was so sadistic that he would take pictures of the ch- three children living upstairs, enjoying their lives, going to the pool, having birthday parties, etc., and show them to the three children down living in the cellar. I also wonder why did he choose those three? I mean, yeah. It honestly was probably just that they were running out of room down there. And he was mm-hmm. like, eh, we'll take the youngest ones because it's easier to explain. Right. All of Joseph's plans begin to crumble in February of 2008. Kirsten, Elizabeth's 19-year-old daughter, suddenly became very ill. And Elizabeth begged Joseph to take Kirsten to the hospital. And for some reason this time, he agreed. I guess maybe at this point he kind of, she was 19, maybe had formed more of a relationship with her at this point. Um, Joseph removed Kirsten from the cellar and called an ambulance who took her to the hospital. And when she got there, the doctors found Kirsten in serious condition and she was having life-threatening kidney failure. The doctors and authorities became extremely suspicious because, like I said, Kirsten's never seen the light of day. And they said that her skin was so pale that it was translucent. And she was thin and frail and just... Also, I have to imagine what her reaction to everything was. Mm-hmm. Like, if I saw someone who had just now seen the real world, mm-hmm. they would probably be, she would probably be looking at everything like wide eyed, where they're like, Have you not seen a light bulb? Mm-hmm. Right. Have you not seen the sun? Have you not seen mm-hmm. grass? Yes, and that will be suspicious. Um, Joseph had sent Kirsten to the hospital with a note from her mother stating exactly what was wrong with her and, you know, she needed to be taken care of. Um, Police interviewed Kirsten wanting to know about her family, but out of fear of Joseph, she never told them what was going on. So they posted pictures of Kirsten on the news and just asking someone to come forward who knew Kirsten. The only problem being no one knows who Kirsten is because she's been in a cellar for 19 years. They've never seen her face. The police were able to do some detective work and they were able to connect Kirsten to Joseph because he was the one who called for the ambulance and... They quickly became suspicious of all these letters he presented that they said were written by Elizabeth, who supposedly had run away to a cult. 
The letters were not consistent, and many of them said things like, don't try and find me, etc., yet she continues to write all these letters. And just, you know, the fact that those ra- children those- just kept popping up on the doorstep, just yeah, normal in bo- things. In a box. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not the fire station. Yeah, you're not, yeah, you know you're I mean? not the fire department. Eventually, Elizabeth was able to commit Joseph to allow her to go to the hospital, and she basically told him, I'll go to the poli- I'll go to the police, tell them that I'm her mother, explain the cult thing, then everything will go back to normal. Well, when Elizabeth gets to the hospital on April 26, 2008, everyone notices that she looks just like Kirsten. Um, translucent skin, thin, pale. So the police begin to question Elizabeth about Joseph, and they also interrogate Joseph at the hospital. They tell Elizabeth that... Um, If she told the truth, she would never have to see her father again. And so Elizabeth bravely begins to tell her story. Of course, the police immediately take Joseph into custody and go to investigate the cellar and free the remaining children. And you can tell in the pictures they weren't sure of what exactly they would find in the cellar because they're wearing full-on hazmat suits right before they go in. I don't blame, I mean, I also don't blame them. I mean, the the children probably need to be wearing hazmat suits. After interviewing both Rosemary and Joseph, they came to the conclusion that Rosemary was not involved in any way, and she was in complete shock, which I, was a bunch of bull malarkey to me, but whatever. On 29th of April, it was announced that DNA evidence confirmed Fritzl, Joseph Fritzl as the biological father of his daughter's children. Joseph pleaded guilty and was sentenced to life in prison. Elizabeth, after being taken into care, she and all of her six children and her mother were housed in a local clinic where they were shielded from the outside environment and received medical and psychological treatment. It was revealed that Elizabeth and her children were more traumatized than previously thought. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, during captivity, they found out that Kirsten tore out hair and cl- her hair in clumps, and she would also shred her clothing and stuff them in the toilet. Stefan could not walk because the cellar was only uh, five foot six inches tall and he was five foot eight, so he had to stoop all the time. So he just had a hunched back and couldn't walk properly. It was also revealed that normal everyday occurrences, such as dimming of lights, closing of doors, etc., all these sounds that I guess they weren't used to hearing would set them off into panic attacks. They essentially they had PTSD. Or, I was about to say, or I feel like those are things that they were used to hearing mm-hmm. that were like shot like horrifying to them mm-hmm. you know just like explosions are horrifying to like soldiers yeah, that yeah. closing a door meant i'm not going to see the other side of that door for another x amount mm-hmm. of years yeah today elizabeth fritzel lives under a new identity in a secret austrian village known only as village x the home is under constant cctv surveillance and police patrol every corner the fam but, but why uh, i thought he was in jail she just wants her privacy and she's like a yeah everybody wants to see her know yeah, her because yeah. she's this is like a so it's more for her like mm-hmm. privacy than her like yeah physical safety from him good because i was about to say please tell me they did not wipe his record that'd be like if jo- uh john benet ramsey was still alive right she would be yeah yeah paparazzi the family doesn't allow interviews and though elizabeth is now in her mid-50s the last photo of her was taken when she was just 16 years old it's kind of like a witness protection program yeah in, ten, in 2008, just 10 days after his arrest, Joseph Fritzl gave an interview, and he said, Ever since she started puberty, Elizabeth stopped doing what she was told. She did not obey my rules anymore. She would spend all night in bars and come back stinking of alcohol and smoke. I tried to rescue her from this swamp. 
I organized her a job as a waitress, but sometimes there were days when she would not go to work. That is why I had to arrange a place where I gave her the chance by force to keep away from the bad influences outside. It was great for me to have a second proper family in the cellar with a wife and a few children. I, I have no words. He He's just, that, he's messed up in the head. That is delusional mm-hmm. to think that mm-hmm. that is normal. Yeah. You're, I, no words. I, I don't have any words. Fritzel, who is currently, uh, Joseph Fritzel, who is currently behind bars in Kremstein Prison in Austria. He is now reportedly suffering with dementia and his condition has deteriorated in recent weeks he's, he's going two, downhill i was about to say 2008 his his arrest in 2008 mm-hmm. that, i mean that's not he's getting that old long, but that's also not that long ago mm-hmm. like it all whenever we do stories like this in the years in the 2000s i'm always a little right a little creeped out mm-hmm. a fellow prisoner told local media quote fritzel was and still is separated from everyone else he has totally withdrawn himself and barely leaves his cell he doesn't want contact with others, and altogether it looks as though he has reassigned himself to dying. He added that the other inmates don't want anything to do with him, and he is Austria's most infamous convict. He also, just side note, just because he's a, well, I've almost said a bad word, a wuss, Joseph paid a lot of money to have his last name changed to Mayerhoff, which obviously I'm reading that name now, so it's not a secret, so good job that you failed. They also know who I, I you are. I was about to say, what? What's the purpose what, of what's that? What's the purpose of that? Joseph doesn't make sense. Well, it's not like you're out in the normal world where, like, you're in prison for a crime that everybody already knows what it is. Like, yep. you changing your last name is not going to do anything. He was like, I'll shoot my shot. Um, in 2021, Lifetime released a movie called Girl in the Basement, which I haven't seen, but it's based off Elizabeth's story. Just add that to our list. And Elizabeth, what's she doing these days? Uh, she fell in love with her bodyguard named Thomas Wagner. This, this is just a weird fact to me. He is 23 years younger than her. But you but, know what? I hope that he he probably takes great care of her. Mm-hmm. As her bodyguard, he probably is taking better care of her than anybody ever did in her life. Right. So, so you go, good, Elizabeth. You go, Elizabeth. I'm impressed that you delivered that many kids in the basement and suffered through all this and you've lived to tell the tale and that you like, even taught your kids how to read and write and like manners and how to be a good person like mm-hmm. I, I it seems impossible like, it is it, that's like the most positive outlook i mean and i guess that's what kids did for her is they gave her something to like someone to talk they to. gave her someone to talk to and they gave her some sort of hope mm-hmm. of like i'm gonna try to raise you to be good kids even mm-hmm. though this is the situation you're in so that was the most traumatizing story we've ever told but she survived i will mm-hmm. say that like I'm glad that there this was a has silver a lining. Silver lining. It has a positive ending. Mm-hmm. She, all but one of her kids died, mm-hmm. or, or all but one of her kids lived. The one there was the one yeah. that died from like respiratory failure. Respiratory failure. And then lightning came down and stroked Joseph, and he died. <laughs> we <laughs> like Barbara. Yeah. Like what's his like Saint Barbara? Dickerous. Yeah. Dickerous. Well, we hope you and well, I don't know if enjoy is the right word, but that's probably not the right I word. Thought we hope you were entertained and enlightened. There you go. As always, you can follow us on Scary Tales Podcast on Instagram. Yep, post lots of good stuff there. Show uh, you the photos of Elizabeth. Show you some photos of Rapunzel mm-hmm. and Petronella and yeah, and Citronella candles, and Citronella and some acorns, and acorns, and, and tiny cute dogs and white cats. And until next time. Can you pay my bills? Can you pay my bills? <laughs> oh, <dear. laughs>